You're listening to Lab Notes, your weekly guide to science and innovation. Hello, I am Mark Enetpanais. And I'm Leo Stevens. Welcome to The Brief, where we cover two concepts from science and business. G'day, Leo. What have you got for us today? Hi, Mark. Um, Today I'm going to start off with business plans. So true to their name, they're a plan for a business. But what goes into that plan and how it's presented can vary quite a lot. Firstly, some business plans are intended only for internal use by the management or employees of a company. These internal plans are less likely to be standardized. They will focus on some core data and key performance indicators that are relevant to that business specifically. But they will also include some key metrics like budgets, cash flow statements, and marketing plans. They won't necessarily be presented in any standard or engaging way. It's just about getting that information into the brains of the management as efficiently as possible. Perhaps what most people more commonly think of as a business plan, though, are those that are intended for external presentation, especially to new investors or grant bodies. These will tend to be more structured and often include a greater focus on contextual information like the business's mission statements and customer segment, as well as engaging visuals like infographics and graphs. Ultimately, these plans are also need to cover some really key pieces of information for all businesses, like a description of the product, an assessment of the competitive landscape, profit loss projections, and cash flow statements. Interestingly, there's been a really significant change in business plan fashion over the last 10 or 20 years, where once business plans could be dozens if not hundreds of pages and cover all aspects of the business in quite a lot of detail, the current best practice is for a much more concise document. Startup incubators now are even recommending the creation of a one-page business plan using framing tools like the Business Model Canvas, and they just provide a quick snapshot of the product, the customers, and the competitive advantage with barely a graph or a spreadsheet to be seen. Um, So whatever your approach and target audience, though, uh, every business needs a plan. Very good. In one of the first things you mentioned, you talked about key performance indicators for internal plans. Can you give some examples of what they are? Yeah, I mean, key performance indicators in general are just bits of data or pieces of information that are known to have a really significant impact on the business. They're selected because they are important. So something might be like customer acquisition, new customer acquisition might be a key performance indicator. So if you're marketing your product, how successful your marketing is might depend on how many new customers you generate in that week or that month. So that would be a KPI around customer acquisition. And what do you mean by a competitor landscape? What does that entail? So almost every product will have some form of competition and understanding who those competitors are, what products they're offering and at what price points is really important to know in terms of how you position your product and how well it's likely to do. So the landscape is all of these competitors and all the products they're offering and it is quite a complex space, particularly for a high competition industry like, say, restaurants. If you were going to open a new meat restaurant in the middle of Sydney, there would be a very deep and intense competitor landscape all around you with the thousands of other restaurants. Um, so understanding what those are and what they're offering is, uh, is part of the, the process of developing a business plan. 
So is that used to identify a niche area or can be used to identify a niche area for if you have something that is new? Yeah, your, your product is going to have to have some kind of competitive advantage, some kind of niche that it occupies. And that could be a lower price point than your competitors. It could be that your your product offers some new type of service that isn't available elsewhere. But certainly you've got to find your point of difference and understanding your competitors is key to understanding what your point of difference could be. And talk to me about one-page plans. That sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's obviously easier from the perspective of the entrepreneur to just do one page rather than 50. The tool that I mentioned, the business model canvas, is a, a way that lays out on a single page potential items you should consider, including you know what the value is of your product, what the competitors are doing, your key stakeholders, people that you need to engage with as part of your business. Um, it's it's just trying to get down to the bare bones of, of what a business plan is meant to be and present it as concisely as possible. It's it's a time-saving tool, and really it should only be used as a stopgap for the early, um, early stages of a business. Ultimately, you do need a more detailed plan than what can be achieved with, with one of those documents. Okay, thank you. Let's uh, switch directions. Yep, what have you got for us? So today I want to talk about what is a thesis. Now, most people would be familiar that university students have to do exams in order to pass the, the programs to get awarded a degree from the university. But how do universities assess students that are being trained to be researchers? Obviously, if you're trained to be a researcher, you might not have an exam. But instead, what these students have to do, they have to write long essays and they are generally called or referred to as a thesis. When I look at my dictionary, it says that a thesis is a statement that is put forward to be discussed and proved by the research apprentice. A thesis is generally also a very lengthy document. So if you submit a thesis, like you and I have both done, Leo, to be awarded the title PhD, which stands for Doctor of Philosophy, then a thesis document can be well over 150 pages long. And then the thesis will contain evidence that is used to prove the statements proposed by that research apprentice. And I should probably also add that on average, when students write a thesis, it will take them months to put together their thesis document. And this explains very, very briefly what a thesis is. <clears throat> I don't think we use the term research apprentice particularly often. So that, that's, that's the student, the, the research apprentice. Yeah, I think if you talk to people outside the university, once I explained to them what my PhD students are doing, they said, oh, well, they're like an apprentice. You don't really pay them a lot and they do a lot of work for you. And I said, yeah, that's probably the best way to actually look at it. They are apprentices, and which is what they are. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the thesis, I guess it's different from the business plan in the sense that it's not all forward-looking. Quite a lot of it is about the work that has already occurred. Yeah, it's, it's um, if you think it's a business plan is probably a prophecy and a thesis is a historical document because you're detailing the work that you've done. Usually a student, if they submitted a thesis for the degree of Doctor of Philosophy, they will have done three to four years of work. And that work is then written up 
into a document that is called the thesis, where they put at the start of the thesis, they'll give an introduction, they, they, they sort of sketch out the landscape, they identify the hole in the knowledge that they're trying to address, and then they put forward a number of aims that they're trying to reach within that thesis, and then they present evidence towards those aims, and then in the end they have a concluding chapter where they talk about how they reach their aims and what their contribution is to the general knowledge. And then at the end of that conclusion, there's usually half a page or a page where they talk about what is next. So the thesis, it's obviously a pretty substantial piece of work for these researchers. Is it something that um, professional researchers, so people who've completed their apprentice, have to do again? Are there, are there kind of theses for scientists? There are in some countries after you get your phd you can also get a dsc and there are various other forms of this which stands for doctor of science and a doctor of science it would be a thesis document but it's more a collection of all your research articles that you've written as an as an established researcher with a bit of an introduction and a conclusion behind it in the german system there's another variant on this where you do a dehabilitation so a doctor of which is another form of being a doctor so you're actually a doctor doctor right if in case one was not enough in case you you know to be all certain you know get get to fair enough hopefully there's a bulk by discount <laughs> anyway that's that's all the time we've got for today uh thank you and see you next week see you next week